I want to welcome you to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. You're listening to Inside the Pages. This is our Sunday morning live broadcast. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I'm faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name. Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. And on Tuesdays, our comprehensive Bible study begins at 7 p.m. On Sundays, we're journeying through the book of Acts, and on Tuesdays, the book of Ezekiel. If you missed any part of the messages, I want to encourage you to visit Connecting Truth, that's connectingtruth.org, and click God on Demand. It will take you to the archive of our messages. You know, and, and so with that being said, just want to uh, go into uh, a worship and you know I, I didn't wake up this morning feeling the best but at the same time God is always good so just thank God for his goodness and his grace and so uh, we want to pull our hearts in and be on one accord and just bless his name the song says my God is awesome awesome might have heard it before but he's awesome you have to talk to God sometime and just let him know he's awesome my God is awesome 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 Savior of the I am My God is awesome. Today I am forgiven. His grace is why I'm living. Praise His holy name. My God is awesome. 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 Awesome, my God is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He's mighty, he's mighty, he's mighty, he's mighty. Awesome. Awesome. Sometimes you got to praise your way out of a situation. Sometimes you just have to talk to God and just let him know how holy he is and how great he is and how awesome he is in your life. And just and just lift him up above every situation, above every circumstance. Just let him know that he's great. Let God know that he's great in your life. Let God know that, that he's above and that you're holding him up, that he's on the highest pedestal. He's above everything that, that would try to displace him. Just remind him and that you recognize he is your deliverer, that, that he brought you out of that to bring you through this. And you know, you just have to just just awesomely just praise God and you know and just remind him, let him know that you know, you remember that he's the provider when you didn't have, when things got so low that God provided that that. The bread basket gets low, but God is a provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. Oh, you have to think about him. Think about when he protected you. You don't know how many things came about your way that, that God protected you from. It could have been disease. It could have been a bullet. It could have been a, a kidnapping. It could have been uh, just uh, anything. God protected you in an earthquake. He protected you in a terrible situation. You just don't know the covering that God has placed on our lives. That's why you have to praise Him. It don't matter if you have a great voice. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Just make a joyful noise. 
just make a sound that says, I'm grateful. He can move mountains, keep me in the valley, hide me from the rain. My God is awesome, heals me when I'm broken, strength where I've been Today, this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. God is certainly worthy of, of an awesome praise from an awesome people. God made you awesome. You know, and sometimes we may not feel that way because of what we've been told, how we have been raised and what was input at, placed in us as a child or, you know, the, the seeds that the enemy uh, planted in us along the way when we opened our own selves up. Uh, to to allow that to happen when we went against the grain and now we're dealing with the certain, but God is still awesome. He's still awesome. You know, somebody once said the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. I, I, I hope you can uh, believe and embrace that today. You know, the, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving and we know that that uh, time is a temp that life itself is a temporary assignment time measures and you know it's not long and we're here and then we're gone but during the time that we're here we can tell God how awesome he is and how great he is and you know everyone is going just like we came into the world we're going to exit we're not coming back as butterflies, caterpillars, ants, or anything like that. No reincarnation of that nature, as, as some believe and have taught this uh, throughout uh, time, throughout history, you know, and, and karma. I, I hear people say, you know, that's karma. Well, karma is uh, deals with reincarnation. Karma is nothing about you reaping what you sow on the, on, in the way that they're using it. Karma means that you were here as a a person and now you came back as a black cat you you know now the superstitions that goes along with that uh, karma says that you was here as a, a good person and then you came back as as something you know different or better because it's a reward but uh, that's not bible the bible itself is the word of god it's sovereign it, it holds everything together the bible said in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth uh, not uh, any of the religious uh, that uh, people are into today had nothing to do with creation, neither does it have anything to sustain you in eternity. Uh, but the kingdom of God, you know, these are basic instructions before leaving earth, you know, and when we arrive in the kingdom of God, there's not going to be any Trumpisms. There's not going to be any great speeches from Barack or Obama or anyone else that, you know, that, that governs uh, political, the political realm, because, uh, the kingdom belongs to God. He is the king. He's the king of king and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says uh, every uh, knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so let's spend time getting to know what kingdom life is about. That's what we're doing even today. We're knowing and understanding what kingdom life is about. Did you know that uh, that God has ushered in part of his kingdom. And so when people, when you're out witnessing or you meet someone and, you know, and, and the spirit of God is with you, that they are to know the kingdom of God is near. The Bible plainly says that, that the kingdom of God is near, is with man, is with us already. We just waiting to be transformed with renewed bodies. So that we can enter into the place that everyone will not be able to. Well, let's go to the word of God. Uh, the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, verse 36 through 43. This is Deacon uh, Stephen is, is yet continuing on and uh, we're continuing on to his message. He didn't take a break, but but, you know, we're we're studying the book of Acts and we're breaking it down into edible portions 
you know, so we can digest, meditate, think about it, you know, and what's going on, what's actually being said. And uh, the Luke, the author of this particular epistle, was writing to Theophilus. It's his second epistle that he is writing to Theophilus. And I, I just thank God for that young man. And as he recorded the information that from eyewitnesses uh, to encourage Theophilus and those that were listening, others that would read it even up to this day and time, including myself, to encourage what Jesus both said and did. Uh, to know that we are on a sure foundation, to know that everything else is, is nothing compared to what God, compared to God. And so he wrote to Theophilus to encourage him and to, or to lift his head up and for him to have a better understanding. And that's our endeavor, is to make sure that you have a clear understanding, a concise understanding of what the word of God is saying. It's not based upon my opinion. Pastor Carl Henderson's opinion don't matter. The word of God matters. It doesn't, uh, it, position, title, anything of that nature doesn't matter because none of those titles will exist in the presence of God. They exist today for a particular purpose, but not in the kingdom of God. Uh, so, uh, Luke is presenting the gospel and what occurred with Deacon Stephen. And he said, uh, the 36th verse said, he brought them out. This is Stephen uh, going to his exhortation unto the council that, that had him in front of them and accusing him of lying. He brought them out. After that, he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt. And in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God rise, raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall you hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the living oracles to give unto us. If you recall that Moses went into Mount Sinai, God summons him and he went there, but there was also elders that accompanied him to a certain distance and they waited for him. And so uh, he's making references because Israel is very proud about their uh, you know, we're, we're the children and our father was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, whom God made promises to. Well, they lived, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived up to what God was asking them to do. However, the children of Israel, a different story here. And so the Bible tells us that uh, they received uh, lively oracles. They received the word of God. And I, and I want you to know the word of God is alive today. The word of God is alive. It is moving. As somebody said, I can feel them moving in my hands. I feel them moving in my feet. I feel them moving all over me. Uh, the song said, God's not dead. He's still alive. And, and so I, my soul is saying amen to that even right now because uh, God is not dead. He is yet alive. And I believe if we just lift our hands up and we just wave unto him and just bless his name, you feel the presence of God. And so the Bible says, to whom our fathers would not obey, but trusted him, uh, but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again to Egypt. They refused to hear what Moses was saying, saying unto Aaron, Moses' brother, make us, uh, make us gods to go before us. Isn't that similar today? Make us gods to go before us. And that's why so many people have ceramic and metal and, and wood and different objects in, in front of them, uh, these disfigurements of people and uh, different things and women standing on dragons and uh, naked pictures of, of infants and 
uh, with wings and then calling them angels and stuff like that. You know, uh, they, they grab hope to the things that they had learned down in Egypt and their superstitions and their minds went wild uh, with their imagination. And, and they just started developing and painting pictures of things that, uh, that really is not so except it is an illusion or something that has been presented by the enemy. And, you know, I'm just going to interject something here. The devil is real. And so is black magic. Uh, magic is, uh, or uh, sorcery, uh, this uh, witchcraft and those things are real. And let me just, I'm not going to stay here with that. But remember, when Moses went down to Egypt uh, to deliver the message that God gave to him uh, for Pharaoh, that in his presence, Moses uh, put his staff down and his staff became a serpent. Well, remember those that was with uh, Pharaoh, his, his servants put their staffs down and they became serpents also. And Moses' staff ate those. God is superior and God is sovereign in what he does. And so uh, we have to know that things are... Uh, this stuff is real. Demon possession is real. And so this is where uh, these uh, different items and all of this stuff come from because it was created uh, to distort. The Bible says that they said, make, uh, make us gods to go before us. For as this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, uh, we want not what is become of him. And they made calves they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifices unto the idol and rejoiced in the work of their own hands. They rejoiced in the work of their own hands. Then God, if you've been with us, we know that uh, our actions, uh, there's a reaction. Uh, you know, so then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, the very thing uh, that they should not have been doing. God gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. O ye house of Israel, have ye offended to uh, offer to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Uh, this is a, a, a what we would consider a sarcastic remark. In other words, what you, what you were supposed to be doing, you did not do. Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rinkham, figures which were made to worship them, which you made to worship them and will carry you away into Babylon. Very thing that you grab hold to, you're going to find yourself being captive, brought into captivity. Deacon Stephen is well known or well into his exhortation on the history and behavior of Israel. It's important to know and understand mistakes of the past. More importantly, it's, uh, it is uh, something that we have to face. We have to face the mistakes and the things that we do or have done so that we don't repeat them. If we forget the mistake, then we're going to wind up doing it again. But if we uh, recognize the pain, if we recognize the suffering, if we recognize the situation, uh, the thing that we did, uh, you know, that's what nerves are about. The, the nerves and the hairs and the different things that we have that God has implemented into our bodies is to bring about certain recognition. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you feel your hair moving, you know that something might be have landed on you. Maybe a, a, a ladybug has landed on you. So you uh, either going to embrace that or brush it off. But you understand what I'm saying. You know, it's for so pain uh, reminds us of different things. And so the children of Israel uh, soon forgot. They didn't hold on to the very thing uh, that uh, got them in trouble. And that was to look, looking back at Egypt and embracing false hope and grabbing hold to images of things that they should not have grabbed hold to that God was against and found very offensive. Stephen picks up the message in the same vein as Peter. The message from God does not and does not deviate from place to place. What you're hearing right now from from Cornerstone here in Pomona, California, uh, there is a, a uh, the word of God is being exhorted in the same manner, uh, maybe in a different language, 
uh, maybe with a uh, uh, different homiletic or, you know, maybe it's being preached, maybe it's ex being exhorted or maybe it's being taught, uh, you know, and so, uh, but yet it is the same message to keep God, number one, to recognize that God is sovereign and to let everything else go. You know, when you ask for a glass of lemonade, you want some real, uh, something that's been made out of, out of real lemons, not some uh, powder, you know, a package of Kool-Aid. You know, I, I don't have a problem with Kool-Aid, but I'm just saying, when you ask for a glass of lemonade, you're looking for something that's been made out of, been freshly squeezed. And, and God believes in, in freshly squeezed, and he don't send no artificial flavors our way. And, and so it doesn't matter uh, from place to place, church to church, or in whatever country that you might be in, the word of God uh, is going to be the same. It is going to direct our attention to God as being sovereign. It's going to direct us to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. John 8, 30 and through 34 says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jews, he had uh, had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, are you holding to the teaching of God? If you hold, if you embrace this, if you grab it and, and don't let it go like Joseph, uh, excuse me, like Jacob, the Bible said that Jacob had laid down to go to sleep and he, he, he saw, uh, he had a visitation and uh, the, the visitation was, was of the Lord and he grabbed hope to the individual and he said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And, uh, and they wrestled, they wrestled. Don't you know that you need to grab hope to the word of God and just embrace it and hold on to it and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. If you don't hold on to the teaching of God, you're not a disciple. You're not a follower. But he said, if you're holding on, and you know, that's the reason they say that, God, you're awesome because I'm holding on. And if I let go, today is a new day. And so all day today, I'm going to hold on to you. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow's not promised. But today I'm holding on to you. Then will you know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. This is Jesus in, in the Gospel of John speaking. Uh, we are Abraham's descendants. See, here we go again talking about Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? See, uh, they, don't, they didn't get it. They were caught up in their carnal minds. Uh, you know, sometimes we just don't understand because we don't ask the right question. This was a very good question. Uh, how, how are we going to be set free when we, we're not born slaves, we're, we're free? Jesus replied and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, everyone who sin is a slave to sin. Whatever you're caught up in, you're a slave to that thing. You're a slave to it until you are delivered. Now, many times we read in the scripture and the apostles, uh, uh, Paul especially was one to say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a prisoner. I'm not just a prisoner in my natural sense down in Rome and, you know, wherever they have in cart, but I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm enslaved to him. I'm, in other words, I'm yielding myself to him. But if I yield myself to sin, it will enslave me. I don't know. Maybe you've been caught up in, in something before and found that you couldn't get out. And, and it, it was a God only situation. You know, if you've ever been addicted to anything, uh, you know, and I'm not going to go through a list of addictions. You know what what have uh, had you held on to you as master and and dictated your life. You were a slave to that thing until God brought you out. He brought them out. The Bible says the 36th verse. He brought them out. After that, he had showed wonders. This is Stephen speaking. After that, he showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. God showed them signs. He proved himself, showed them wonders in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness. Listen to that, folks. God showed them wonders. He showed them signs. We go on someplace with this. God showed them wonders and he showed them signs in the land of Egypt while they were yet in captivity 
God showed them signs and wonders. Don't you know that even the person that you might be sitting next to, the person that 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 you look upon that may not have come to uh, into the area of faith and believing in God, that they may have seen that that certainly when God wants to get some attention, He knows just what to do. And so they would have seen signs and wonders. In other words, it's undisputable. They, they can't help but recognize that God is at work. Now, whether they admit it at that moment, they may have made note about it and they ponder it in, in their heart. Even though they hit it, hit it again, even though they get lit more, even though they, they go on to do the next thing that they were going to do, it's something that has been planted down in their heart. Signs and wonders. When the children of Israel was down in Egypt, they weren't, they were doing stuff. When they were down in Egypt, remember, they, they were fighting among themselves and there was a lot of different things that was going on. Uh, they were not perfect people, but yet they were God's people. Understand that. We're not perfect people, but we're God's people. And we're moving on. We're laying down things. You know, this is not a sprint where we jump into it and I'm saved and, and excuse me, but Bam, the gun has gone off and I'm running this race and I'm going to get to the finish line and I'm safe. I've won. I'm finished. I'm through. No, this is a marathon. You take your time. When I say taking your time, I'm talking about God's time. You move and you go from day to day. You're saved day by day. You're saved. You don't get saved today and live for the next 10 years, you know, because you got saved. No, it's one day at a time. And so down in Egypt, they saw wonders. They saw miracles. And then when they left out, when they got to the Red Sea, they saw a great miracle there. And in the wilderness, they saw they saw miracles. They saw wonders. There were signs that, you know, when you think back and look at it, they there was food that was provided to them. Uh, they, they had water that came out of a rock. They shoes and they cl clothes that they were wearing did not wear out on them because God preserved them. Told you he's a provider, Jehovah Jireh. I I'm telling you that the Lord is awesome. He's awesome. He's a deliverer. He's a protector. He's a provider. He's great. He's the great I am. And, and so, you know, that's that's why we're here to just awesomely just to worship God, just to bless him, to lift him up, to exalt him, you know, and, and to let him know how much we appreciate him as we travel, as we go through the word of God. Listen, the Bible says. That while they were in the wilderness, while they were on their pilgrimage, they saw these miracles. They witnessed these signs and wonders. And then in the land, of, God brought them out. You know, God brought them out. The, the, uh, it reminds me of the song where the, the, the choir used to sing, the Lord God Almighty brought us out. The Lord God Almighty brought us out. I remember hearing that song when I was younger and, and you know, the choir used to be just, just singing that song because it is the truth. It, it is the testimony of every believer. Everyone has been born again. It is the Lord God Almighty that brought us out. After experiencing a great deliverance from bondage, they delivered and experienced the, the bondage of idol worship, the bondage of addictions, the bondage of immoral activity that that they chose to yield themselves to the thing that we chose to yield ourselves to the thing that we're not supposed to go back to the children of Israel went to those things again they began to justify their behavior you know we don't know what happened to Moses Moses was on a consecration God had called him they would just be obedient to what God was saying Aaron was there the minister was there ministers do not allow people to provoke you to yield to compromise to just allow anything into the house of God because the pastor is, uh, is on a sabbatical or because the pastor may not be feeling well and not there and so therefore because the presence of the of the senior pastor is not there then we're going to take it this route uh, God forbid don't do that. Don't do that. Don't create images. Don't bring in different things that that should not be part of the service because the leadership is not there. Aaron was in charge at that moment and he yielded to the voice of the people. 
You know, I believe that if he wouldn't have yielded to them, he would have saw something very miraculous occur on his behalf. That's just me saying that. Uh, but I just believe that because God was in tune with what was going on. And that's why he told Moses, he said, get down, get off this mountain, get back down there to the people because something, because they are beside themselves. They done sat down, they done went to service, they sat down to eat. They knew it was service because Aaron reminded them, said, we're going to have sacrifice tomorrow. They, and then they got up to play. They got up to do all the different things that was in their hearts to do, which was against God. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord God. They began to justify their offenses, their behavior. You know, that was the, the uh, Adamic nature. You know, that's why we need deliverance. That was the Adamic nature, Adam. Uh, Adam, don't eat from that tree because the day that you eat from that tree, that you shall surely die. Well, Adam followed Eve and you know, I'm sure she had the message not to do that. And Eve listened to the serpent, the deceiver. And uh, when God came to Adam, Adam, instead of taking responsibility for himself, he justified it by saying, this, this is the woman you gave me. And so you, you don't want to, you know, that that nature is in us to pass to pass on instead of accepting responsibility for our behavior. Church, listen to what I'm saying. We must accept responsibility for our own behavior and ask God to forgive us rather than saying, well, you know, um, it was so-and-so. It was the woman you gave me. It was this person, you know, casting blame. You know, my mom didn't raise me right. Uh, or my dad didn't teach me. Listen, the Bible said when you come to the light, when you come to the truth, when you come to knowledge, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. When you are exposed to that, it is your responsibility at that moment and no one else's. You can't look back and blame it on your childhood because now you've been exposed. You have come to the light, walk in it. That's what the word of God says. It doesn't say that I'm going to look back. It says when you come to the light, when you come to the knowledge of the truth, walk in it. Peter's presentation to the same audience, the same group of people, the, the high priests, those that had Deacon uh, Stephen on trial, he told them, he gave them a way out of this. He said in Acts 3, 19 through 26, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to read three verses here. And you can go back and read the, through the third chapter yourself and, and see what I'm saying uh, is true. But the Bible says, that Peter told him, he said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times, listen to the uh, underlying the word times, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So that time uh, being that it's not just one time, but there are multiple times of refreshing uh, that come from the Lord. And, you know, my, one of my prayers is that, Lord, fill me again. Fill me with your spirit again, Lord. Revive me. Refresh me. Lord, I don't want to be stale. Lord, uh, you know, uh, uh, but I want to be refreshed. I want to be vibrant. And, you know, I might think I'm vibrant. I might think I'm refreshed. But, Lord, I, I want to be the man that you're calling for in these last days. I want to be the one that, you know, one of them that is part of the group of those that is part of the remnant that 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 is saying, Lord, revive me again. Lord, send me a fresh anointing. Lord God, help me to go forward and, and to be what you want me to be in this day and time. Times of refreshing requires us to be re have a mindset of repentance. Lord, when I when I, you know, there are times when I when I get ready for bed or, you know, when I rise up in the morning, as I'm going through the day and I, I, I stop and I say, Lord, is there something I, I did not do? Is there something I said? Maybe there was something I thought about that I shouldn't have been thinking. Uh, if, uh, whatever it is that I admitted doing or I committed doing and, and didn't recognize it, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to be in a state of offense. I don't want to be a transgressor against God. I want to be in accord with him. I don't want to take anything for granted. We take too much for granted in our lives because we have been allowed to do that. Don't do that with God. 99 and a half won't do. Let's be 100% because that's what we expect from others. Let's put the same demand upon ourselves. Don't ask others to be something that you're not. 
Let's live up to it. Let's be the best that we can be because God is the best. He is sovereign. And because he's sovereign and we're the children of a sovereign God, we can be at our best. Bless your Lord Jesus. Peter says, repent, therefore, and be converted uh, that your sins be blotted out. Look at that. Your sins blotted out. Your sins erased. Thank God for erasers, uh, you know, erasable ink and all of that, you know, and hit delete key. And, you know, it can be removed when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made. God made a promise with our forefathers. God made a promise with your relatives. God made a promise with your grandmother, your grandfather. Somebody in your, in your lineage cried out to God and you are a recipient of that prayer. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody had you on their mind, didn't even know your name completely, but just had an unction. Lord, bless my family. Lord, save my family. And here it is. You have a mind and want to be saved. God answered that prayer. They're sitting in the presence of the Lord and, and rejoicing and just testifying and magnifying God because he answered the prayer. They prayed with confidence that Lord you're going to bring that to pass. I don't know when, but you're going to bring it to pass. We should pray the same prayer and have the same confidence in God today as we pray for our children, as we pray for our sons and our daughters, as we pray for spouses, as we pray that, Lord, you can bring it to pass. Lord, you will bring it to pass. Lord, it's your will. You said, I will that no man would perish. Lord, you'll bring it to pass. All they have to do is see the example. They will yield themselves. Let me give this testimony. Years ago, I said I would never go to church. Mm -hmm. I said I wasn't going to go to church. And my children were going to church. They told me later, <laughs> I found out later that, that my children would always say, pray for my daddy. And before, when they saw their hands go up during the prayer request, they knew what they were going to be asking. The effectual, fervent prayer of those children is why I am standing as a pastor today. Those prayers brought me out. So while they were at church, let me tell you, let me tell you what was going on in my life. While they were at church, I was at home and, you know, I know what it means to be addicted, to be intoxicated and all of those things. And I thank God because they never ventured down that path. And so I would be at home scared. Mm -hmm. Fear, the power of God was starting to overtake me and I was and my Bible, I still have the same Bible, would be under my bed, covered, was, un, was covered with dust. <laughs> it was covered with dust. And I found myself pulling it out, reading it. But then when I heard them coming up the stairs to the apartment, I would slide it back under the bed. Pretend like I was asleep, like I was just waking up. It was their prayer. That was at work. I didn't know that they were anointing my shoes. You know, that's divine wisdom. That's God. They were anointing my shoes with oil. Mm -hmm. And I was never aware of that. God brought me out because of the prayer of the children, because of the prayer and because of their faith and their belief and what they were doing. They didn't know that those prayers was gonna cause their dad to be brought into church in those years ago and you know, and to be brought into the service of the Lord, to become the brotherhood president, to become the deacon and then become the assistant deacon and then become the evangelist of, in the church and uh, be over the evangelistic team and then to be brought into uh, uh, the pastoral ship and you know, and they didn't see none of that, but it was because of their prayers. Your prayer makes a difference. Your prayer 
cause those prayers cause sins to be blotted out. Those prayers caused it when the time of refreshing came. I was refreshed and I'm still praying, Lord, refresh me. You're the children of the prophets and of the covenant, the promise of God made with your fathers and made with some children too. Saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God having raised up his son, Jesus Christ, sent him to bless you and turning away, listen to the blessing, and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. People go to church to want to be blessed with, a, with materialism, but what about the true blessing is being turned away from sin. The true blessing is a fight for your life. Understand the greater the battle, the greater the reward. And for all of us, it is a great battle. For all of us, it requires God's help. Stephen said, this is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you. Now, Peter brought this out earlier that God was going to raise up and it was prophesied all throughout the word of God leading up to Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I'm written in the volume of the book. It's all about me. It's God was incarnated in the flesh, justified in spirit, seen of angels preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. Thank you, Lord. This is what they were talking about. This is he that was born, that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke unto him in Mount Sinai. Now listen to this. I've underlined something. Listen, listen. Your fathers would not obey. Don't be like the fathers. They turn their back again to Egypt. Don't turn your back. Don't look back. Don't look back. They said, make us gods to go before us. They took things that was made with their own hands. Somebody, uh, I, I'm really laughing about this, and I, I'm serious. I laugh about this because the Hinduism is the oldest religion in the world. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's a false religion, but it's not the greatest. It's, it, I don't care if the masses believe in it. It doesn't make it true because the majority believe. Listen, uh, well, I won't go there today, but, but listen, the majority, the majority doesn't make something right. It doesn't make it right. Now, Service was going on in the presence of the Lord long before the earth was created. And I'm, I'm going to stop right there and just go back. And they made calves in those days and offer sacrifices unto idols and rejoice in the work of their own hands. Now, they took up the tabernacle. Listen to this. They took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of the God of Rephan. These are figures which you made to worship. They made to worship after these figures. Listen to this. They made after these figures. Here we are, May 24th, 2020, talking about the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. When we look at history, do we obey the word of sovereign God? Only you can answer that. Your pastor should be able to answer it. They will answer because they have to stand before God and give the account of your life. One of the celebrities of this day and time suggested that there is no sovereign God and told the people in their, of their audience that call upon the God, whatever God you serve and believe in. It's OK. Well, that's not true. That's the same mindset that people had that in that day and time that will call upon any God. That's not true. You can't believe because someone is a celebrity. Well, let's go. Let's deal with that for a moment. Because someone has notoriety and because they've been elevated to a certain status among people doesn't mean that they've been raised to that same status with God. We're talking about sovereign God. We're not compromising that there's one true and living God. People grab a license to sin by saying God's not through with me yet. You know, you, you have to excuse me. I can do what I want to do because God's not through with me yet. How do you know that God's not through with you yet? How do you know that unless God tells you that? Don't grab a license to sin. 
People tell, say this, little, it's okay to tell a little white lie. Don't you know that little white lies grow into larger and more hurtful lies? And I, I'm keeping this very nicely. All roads lead to heaven. That's the philosophy of uh, some that believe that Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, uh, images, uh, uh, that it creates all these lead to a life of, uh, of being heavenly and serenity. And uh, that's not true. The children of Israel grab hold to the doctrine of Moloch, a false god that people offer their children to. People are offering children today. That's why some are in jail right now because they offered their children for money. They offered their children for, uh, for different benefits. I found it amazing, now I'm, I'm coming to an end with this, but I found it very amazing that Rephim as worship secretly by Israel in the wilderness. So they thought that they were worshiping. We think sometimes we're getting away with something. The Lord told Ezekiel, he said, go to the wall and I want you to, to, to look through the wall and you'll see what they're doing because in their hearts, they're saying that God don't see us. God sees it all. This is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but his eyes go to and fro through the earth, beholding the good and the evil. Well, the children of Israel grabbed the star. Listen to this. They grabbed a star. They grabbed the star when they was down in Egypt. They totally left what Moses had given them. Listen, Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 19 said, Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Hero out of the midst of the fire. Lest ye corrupt yourselves, and make you a graven image and similitudes of any fig figure of likeness of male or female. In other words, we're not supposed to be making all these statues of male and female, six arm, six arm females and all of this different stuff, elephants with hats on it and people standing on top of dragons and, you know, and uh, people, uh, uh, images with big old belly, which represents bad health and, and you know, not prosperity, bad health, bad health. Listen, don't make these images. The likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that is that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth, and least thou lift up thy eyes unto heaven. Don't look up. And when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of the heavens should as be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God have divided unto all nations under the whole earth. This is the truth, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Symbolism, symbolism was never sanctioned by God. The children of Israel took, mm -hmm, we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. The children of Israel took the star that was took the star of a false god in Egypt and they carried banners with them. They, you know, just like today, there are pictures of uh, fictitious images. You know, you know, that whole thing of, uh, oh, there's a, a, a piece of cloth and it has the face of Jesus on it. There was no Polaroid cameras. There was not. There's not a picture of Jesus Christ. Someone had a block of cheese and said, oh, you know, there it looked like a picture of Jesus. Jesus does not look like old stale block of cheese and many other things that have gone on, pictures, painting, different things, which goes back to an area of slavery and controlling and manipulating people. The children of Israel took banners from Egypt and carried it with them in the wilderness. Instead of burning those things and letting them go, they embraced them. You know, I'll go as far as to say this. Uh, let me put it in the form of a question. The children of Israel, even today, have a star on a flag. Was that sanctioned by God? We're talking about God being sovereign. Will there be any images or banners of, of no? 
There is no, when we consider what God is saying, the Bible said that we must worship him in spirit and truth. And I'm, I'm going to put it, I'm going to give you this. If we allow God to be sovereign in our lives and place his will, replace our will with his will, don't you know he'll be the only sign and wonder that you need? You don't have to have a picture of of uh, somebody, I don't know who they painted a picture of, hanging above your fireplace, you know, calling that Jesus and, you know, or hanging uh, wood on your wall and all of that. Understand something. If we allow God to be sovereign in our lives, he'll show up and he'll be the sign for us. Bless your name, Jesus. He'll show up and he'll be the wonder because people will be at awe. People will be amazed They'll say that must be God, the presence of God, not because of what they see painted on the wall, not because of what they see, but because it is the word of God that is active in your life. It is the word. It is the presence of God. You know, you walk into the home and they feel the tranquility, they feel the peace of God because God is acknowledging. He said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you're my, you know, when when you, uh, the Bible said at the very shadow of Peter, people were healed. That wasn't a sign of, of, of something that was painted on the ground. That was the presence of God. If we want the presence of God to be in our lives like it was in that day and time, we must keep God sovereign. If we want God active in our lives, we don't need to yield ourselves to symbolism or any of those things. We yield ourselves to the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that is God is sovereign. God is, is supreme. That God is, is number one. That I'm holding him up because I'm living by his word. I'm not just talking about him, but I'm living this. We're living epistles of God. We're living epistles of God. We are living epistles of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that, that something has been said this morning that you will think about, that you will feast on, that will encourage you to, to do just the very thing that we're talking about, and that's yielding ourselves unto truth. This again, this is Pastor Carl Hinder. If you're in the if you're in the California area, the Pomona, you know, we're yet dealing with the stay at home, you know, the they're going through phases of releasing people back to, you know, and I, I was very amused, but at the same time I listened to my daughter, she said, you know what? She said there's going to be a rush of people out, but Moses was, excuse me, Noah was smart. He released a raven, and then he released a dove. He didn't just jump right out there into, into doing what every, you know, people may have thought to do. We should be smart in what we do, wise. But when the time come, and the Lord say the same, we'll certainly welcome your presence. Here, join us for service at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. You know, and we just pray that the word of God, our, our desires, the word of God to have precedence over our lives. You know, that's what it's about. He said, if your word abide in me, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you'll ask what you will. Our, line, our wills will line up with God. And, you know, we won't ask for crazy things. We'll ask for what lines up with his will. And you know, there may be a desire in your heart. He said, I'll give you your heart's desire. But before we get to that, let's line up with the word of God. Let's let God be true. Let's let his word, let, let's let it be the truth, the unadulterated truth and nothing but the truth. Let's hold on to the truth. And you know, good medicine don't always taste good, but it's good for you. God bless you.